You're listening to episode 24 of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a holistic nutritionist and women's lifestyle coach living in Hamilton, Ontario in Canada. And here on the Room to Grow podcast, I bring you thoughts or guests in areas of nutrition, mindset, lifestyle, and entrepreneurship that will help you gain confidence so you can stress less and elevate yourself to create the life you love. We are not here to do things perfectly, but we are here to learn from each other and to grow with lots of self-love and compassion along the way. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. And today I'm bringing you an extra, extra special guest. She is Christina Montalvo of the Confidence Project podcast. And this is such an absolute treat. This is actually the first episode that Christina and I are going to be doing um, in sort of an ongoing series uh, that we have planned. So it will just be, we'll be popping up on each other's uh, podcasts here and there. Now, this is also airing today on Christina's podcast as well. Um, and the sound is a little bit off. We had this issue a couple of weeks ago with an interview I did. Sound is a little bit unusual, uh, just because we actually, uh, took this from a Facebook live that we did in my Facebook group, the room to grow podcast, Facebook group. Um, but it was so good. There was so much information in there that we absolutely had to share it to both of our podcasts because we loved it that much. So today we're talking all about victim mindset. And what does this relate to nutrition and and healthy lifestyle and and all of that? We're going to really get into the nitty gritty of that because this can be such a basis for the choices that we make. Getting stuck in a victim mindset in terms of thinking that, uh, you know, everything is, is outside of ourselves, that the choices we make are not necessarily our own. And when we step out of victim mindset, it empowers us to make the choices that we need to make to make change, to create that change in ourselves from the inside out. So it's really, really crucial. And it's a really important step that I think a lot of people miss. And I'm so excited to share this because Christina and I both share some pretty personal stories. Um, I get into some nitty gritty of things I have never talked about publicly before. And I'm just so, so excited for you to listen to this one. So I would love it if uh, you take a listen and then take a screenshot, share it on social media, uh, tag Christina and myself. I would absolutely love to see it and to get to see who's listening and to connect with you. It would absolutely make my day. And I know that Christina would feel the same way as well. And to find Christina and anything else mentioned on the episode, just make sure to jump over to roomtogrowpodcast.com. You can find everything over there in the show notes, including where to find Christina and uh, all of the good stuff over there, including the Facebook group as well. So let's get going. Here we are. Hi. Oh oh my goodness. Oh, so how are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm better now that we've figured out our tech issues. Fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah. We're not touching anything else. (laughs) I'm excited. I think this is going to be a great chat. I'm really pumped. Like I, I'm so excited. And you and I have some plans for sort of an ongoing series. And yeah, super pumped about. I think this. I know. Me too. (laughs) Gonna be fun. You and I, we were just talking on the phone last week, and like we have no problem talking for hours on end on the phone. And then you put us in front of a podcast microphone, and we were like, "What do you want to talk about? Well, you want like couldn't do it for anyone who doesn't." Like we haven't even talked about this. You and I actually recorded a podcast uh, weeks ago, and we we had a, like an hour long chat beforehand. And it was awesome. 
And then when we hit record, we did the entire podcast and it was, it was fine. But both afterwards, you're like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> it was <laughs> awesome. Like, I was like, oh, energy, awkward, a super awkward. Like we didn't even sound like ourselves. So that podcast is never airing. It's going in the garbage. Totally <laughs> trashy, man. But I think today's, I'm like super pumped about today's conversation. I'm really passionate about um, that. And I don't know if it's because I knew that, well, you and I have already been talking about victim mindset, like on our own on the phone, I feel. Um, and I don't know if it's because we've been chatting about it, but now I'm even more aware of it now than I was before. So I feel like I have a lot to say, which is kind of cool. I totally agree. Yeah. There is so much there and there's various directions that we're going to take this because there is a lot to cover. Um, and, and we can never even hit everything all in on one yeah. side, but I'm really excited about this. This is good. Yeah. Where, where do you want to start? I mean, because victim, well, why don't we talk about like what victim mindset really is? Because yeah, so many of us can, can fall into this trap of thinking like, oh, you know, woe is me, poor me. And, and even if we're not actually sort of saying those exact words, this is where I think people get caught. They just, they just keep putting outside blame on somebody or something else. No matter how you, no matter how you phrase that to yourself, if, if you're putting blame elsewhere, then you're falling into a victim mindset and feeling as though the world is happening to you and not for you and that you have no control over what's going on and no control over all these awful, terrible things that are happening to you and why can't you make changes you want and why doesn't my life look different and all of those things. Well, and I think you hit the nail right on the head. So it can be anything that's external, our schedule, our work life children our fr like our budget our money um i mean our relationship our food choices every i mean it it i mean you and i can talk about how and i think you and i were just talking about this when it comes to actually i want to back this up i thought that i was doing a really great job of not having a victim mindset but i guess i compartmentalized it and so i think people do do that because i've done it where I was like taking charge of my health and my body and my everything. And it was made very obvious to me that I was choosing though to be a victim of my business, which you and I, I think can, we've talked about before where it's like, wait a minute, there was a choice in here somewhere. I'm not a victim to anything. Right. So like, but some people who might be watching or listening don't have, they're not an entrepreneur. They're not a business owner. So they're like, this doesn't apply to me. And it's like, Oh, but it does. Cause it can be every facet of your life. Don't you think? Exactly. And it's, it's also about, I mean, there's sort of that old saying about, we can't control anyone else's actions, but we can control our reactions. And that's the biggest, actually, you know, it's funny. I have, I have my phone right now perched on, uh, the book, the daily stoic and all the stoicism. And that's so much about taking, controlling your own reactions and living sort of living in a way where you are not putting blame on everything else that you are owning what is happening to you and for you. And you're taking responsibility for that. And, and that's the only way to live your happiest life either. If you're just running around blaming everything and everyone else all the time, you're never going to be happy. You're never going to be find that happiness. You're always going to be chasing something that doesn't exist because you're too busy spreading negative energy and blaming everyone else. And, and shitty things happen. Shitty things happen to all of us. There's lots of shitty things that happen. And again, we can't necessarily control those things that happen to a degree, depending on what it is, but we can control how we react to them, how we adapt to them 
how we how we handle that in our everyday lives. Well, and the thing about it too, and this is what you said, if we keep putting blame on everyone else, like, well, I, this is your fault, or this is this fault, or this sucks, or this is this shouldn't have happened, we're actually relinquishing our power because the only thing that we can control is ourselves. So if I say, gosh, give me an example. I can't work out because of my boyfriend, let's say. That's totally not real, but let's just say it was. I can't change anything that my boyfriend is doing or my husband or my spouse or my partner or whoever you're referencing because I have to be in control of my actions. So it's actually victim mindset paves a really, really cushy bed for excuses because you're like, well, I can't fix this. That's his fault. This is it's this fault. It's this fault. So you're like, this isn't my fault. And so there's a little bit of truth. If you can create this reality and your victim mindset feels so real where you're like, I'm unhealthy and it's not my fault. And it's like, nah, it kind of is. Exactly. There's a and lot of responsibility. Like, well, exactly. And, and, and taking on that responsibility feels like a lot because we want to be able to blame things that we don't like in our lives on something else because taking that on ourselves, that's, that's a lot. And we have to take a really hard look at the choices that we've been making up until this point and go, damn, like maybe I should have been doing something a little bit differently. And it's not about regret. It's just about, okay, well, now that I've figured that out, then there's, there's new things that I can do going forward. Like I was talking to you the other day about um, somebody who came to me saying that they felt that uh, their partner had food addiction. And from what she described, I said that, no, it's, it's not, I don't believe that this is food addiction and I, I'm not a doctor or anything like that, but, and we could go into that, but I believe that it's like a self worth issue and that <clears throat> they're hiding behind that because if they can blame it on some sort of diagnosis and not to say that there aren't legitimate medical diagnoses, it's not about that. But in this instance, that person is then taking that diagnosis and using that as, as their cover. They can hide behind that so that they can continue to eat whatever they want and eat all the garbage and then have, you know, it, like all the extra weight and just feel like shit all the time. And they say, well, it's not my fault. It's my food addiction. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Right. We like, all have choices. <laughs> and that's really the thing, right? It's like we take, I was going to say we take fault or we put fault and it can be someone else's fault. Like Let's say that for example, let's kind of using that example, but it can be something or someone else's fault, but we still have to take responsibility for something or again, victim mindset says this sucks. I have fallen short. I'm not doing X, Y, Z. I wish I could, like, maybe I have these goals. I haven't accomplished them yet, but Hey, I don't have a choice. I'm not responsible. This isn't my fault. And like, I'm going to use my autoimmune disease as an example. It is not my fault that I have an autoimmune disease. I haven't done anything to give myself lupus. I haven't done anything to give myself PCOS. It just happened. It is what it is. And I felt very early on from my first diagnosis in 2013 that I had a choice. For me, it all comes down to choices. And I could either choose to blame everything on my autoimmune disease, which in my mind gives it a lot of power then power over me. I can identify as being sick. I can, I can hold on to that and really be like, no, I can't work out. I have lupus or I can't do this. I can't do this because I have lupus. Or I could say, how can I, how can I have lupus and not 
blame everything on it, not use it as a crutch, not use it as an excuse. How can I not be a victim of this unfortunate circumstance? And I actually know a lot of people, kind of like the food addiction thing, it's the same thing. They have a diagnosis, whether that's legitimate or self-diagnosed, and they're like, I have a food addiction, I'll always be overweight, or I have lupus, I can't go for a walk. It's like, can you, though? Yeah, because there are always choices. There are always other things that, that we can do, and that might mean doing some extra work, too, because, yeah, that that might be an obstacle that has been placed in, in your path that it doesn't mean that you can magically cure yourself, but it means that you can work with it as opposed to against it too. And you might have to do some of your own research and figure out what's going to work for you and, and do some self-experimentation, but you need to be able to take that power back. And I think that's really powerful what you said too about identifying as, as a sick person or identifying, there's so many ways we could take that, like identifying as someone who doesn't have money or identifying someone who, um, whose spouse cheated on them, you know, as a, as a victim of that. No, it's not your fault in that instance that, that your spouse cheated on you or something like that. Of course, that's not your fault, but that's the situation that you're in and it happened. So now you need to figure out how you are going to react and handle that. And you own that responsibility. Nobody else can take that on for you. It is you and you alone, and you are the only one who can make that happen. So I want to use that as a perfect example that would it would have slipped my mind otherwise, the relationship thing. Um, I know a couple. They'll never see this, so this is why I'm saying that. Um, I know a couple that they had some infidelity issues about six, seven years ago, and the woman was the one who was cheated on, the wife. So the husband cheated on the wife. And she is a total victim to that situation which again, that's a choice. Like I feel being choosing, you choose to be the victim. You may not see it as that. You may not have been able to articulate it as like, gosh, I'm choosing to be the victim, but it is a choice. And is still reliving the past and has a, an awful relationship with her husband because she wants him to feel bad for what he did, but she chose to stay married. And so she chose to stay in this victim role and is hoping to be like almost vindicated because of it. And she's not. And so it's, it's from the outside looking in it's we do that a lot I think as people not even in infidelity situations I don't have that to even use as reference personally I've never been cheated on thank god I guess but again you have a choice you can stay and make the best of your marriage or you can leave and say this was the most empowered decision for me and that third and what I think is the shittiest choice is to stay and be able to say I was cheated on this is so sad. Feel bad for me. Feel bad for me. Feel bad for me or pity me or whatever, whatever. And I think a lot of people make that third decision to not make an empowered decision and stay in that victim role and play it out for as long as they can. And I'm not sure what the intended outcome is for people who choose to stay and play victim. Well, and that's always my question too, because anytime anyone is, is, sort of playing the victim card. I'm like, well, how is that serving you though? Like, what are you getting out of this? Because at some point, I, again, it depends on who you're surrounding yourself with, but I would think that if you're complaining about the same thing over and over and over and over again, for years potentially on end, the people around you are gonna get pretty tired of hearing about that too. And so then they might not stay, they might not continue to pay as much attention to you when you say that stuff 
So then that it, it really does become a much more internal look at things. Like, okay, nobody else around you is even caring about this as much as, as you are. So you're not even getting the attention that you're seeking. How is it serving you to continue to play this victim card? How, how is it making you actually feel better? Or is it letting you just sit in that sorrow or despair or distress, whatever it is that, that that looks like so that you can continue ruminating? Like that's, that's not good for anybody. If, if you take that responsibility back, then you can start making the choices that will pull you out of that and get you to a place where you are so much happier and thrilled with the, the life decisions that you're making at that point. <laughs> well, it's almost like at the beginning of playing the victim card, and again, in any scenario, people pity you. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, that must be so hard. Oh, it makes perfect sense that, you know, your health is in the toilet or that you've never been able to lose a hundred pounds or that you can never stick to your workout routine or that you're, you're so broke or whatever it is, right? Like all these people pity us when we're victim, victim, victim. And again, and I'm kind of answering my own question. I'm piggybacking, piggybacking off of what you said. So it can feel good to be the victim for a little bit in that sense. But then it also means that, Hey, this isn't my, again, it's not my fault. It's not my responsibility. I don't have to do the work, whether that's the actual work or the introspection, the mindset work, the stuff that most people skip, right? Like no one's like, I'm going to do mindset work today. We do because that's <laughs> large part of what we do. But I think by and large people are like, minds, like you want me to journal? You want me to read a self-help book? Like they don't want to do that. And so being the victim says, just feel sorry for yourself, get other people to feel sorry for you and settle, like just settle. And I think that's what you're kind of saying is it's not serving you playing the victim card doesn't serve you. And so you're settling, you're setting, settling for a mediocre life. You're settling for potentially a mediocre marriage, mediocre friendships, me mediocre business, mediocre health. Like it's just all like settling. Yeah. And, and it's so true because I think that, that you really nailed that as well, that when, when we are in a place of wanting to, or not even necessarily wanting to, but maybe in a place of needing to, but not knowing it yet, needing to pull ourselves out of that victim mindset, that does take a lot of work. And that might take forgiving people that you never thought that you would forgive or forgiving yourself for things that you never thought that you could forgive yourself for. That's not an, an, an overnight thing. That's not like, a split second decision that you just make that's going to take time. That's going to take probably some, depending on the situation, some pretty painful work and introspection to move through that. And most people aren't willing to do that kind of work because it's too painful. But what they don't realize is that there is light at the end of the tunnel. Like, yeah, you might be slogging through shit to get there, but when you get there, you're going to be, feel so much lighter and freer and better than you ever did before. Yeah. Amazing what a difference it is that it can really make. And I think where people screw up is that they think that not being the victim or shifting to a place of gratitude, which has helped me a lot is like, where can I be truly grateful in this situation? And, you know, and it can be something awful. Like, let's just say a, like a really bad breakup that I went through several years ago in that moment, you're not like, this is, I'm so grateful, but like, 
time passes and then you can either be like, that was the worst thing ever. Or you can sit down and go, wait, what if I shift my perspective to a place of gratitude? That doesn't change the past, but it feels better, right? It doesn't always change what happened or what potentially is happening, but it can feel better. So I know a lot of people are like the victim and I'm going to use probably one of the most, the easier things that we struggle with is their commute to work, let's say. And I know that's something that you and I took, we actually took advantage of that. We would talk on the phone while you were driving. And, you know, there are some people that they are crabby from the second they get in the car to go to work to the second they're coming home. And so they're pissed off all day. They're pissed off at work. They're pissed off at home with their family. And it's like, okay, can you be a victim of your commute to work? Or can you say, wait a minute, what if I get on audible and start listening to books and use this as a time of like education or I don't know, meditation. Can you listen to meditation tapes or anything? Can you listen to podcasts? Can you call your mom, turn it into something else? Right. Instead of like, Oh, this is the worst thing ever. And there are some people that are, they love their job, but they, it's almost like people are hardwired to complain about something like, what does my life look like if I'm not a victim to something, right? And it's like, well, change the, change the way you look at it. it. Might not change the reality of what's actually happening, but it can change the way that it feels. There's there's a few things that you touched on there. One is that the the commute thing is huge. I know so many people who struggle with their commute, especially in in this area. Toronto traffic is like as bad or worse as LA apparently, which I hear is also awful. <laughs> and it was terrible every time I would go to work and I did all of those things. I listened to podcasts. I would call my mom. Um, I would, you know, listen to books. I would call you like we have business calls, all those things. And it is a choice. And the other thing is, is that how much energy is it taking to go around being an asshole complaining all day? That takes more energy than actually just pasting a smile on your face, even a fake one, which I'm not telling people to go be inauthentic about it. But there is something to be said for, even if you're not necessarily feeling like smiling, some days, maybe try putting a smile on, literally just physically smiling. And that can actually trigger people then feeling like smiling more often too. That is not always the case. There are times when we're just all going to have dark days, like, and and that's completely fine. But if you are finding yourself stuck in this day after day after day after day, and you are just looking for something really tiny to snap out of it, Gratitude journaling, something like that, like what you were mentioning before. Things like just smiling at someone, smile at a stranger. That could yeah. give you like an incredible little boost that you wouldn't even have thought twice about before. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yes. And, you know, I think people think it doesn't mean that you're going, to, you're frozen, by the way. Am I frozen? Am I? No, you're not frozen. Oh, yeah. I should screenshot what you look like. Oh, no. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> It, I can still hear you, so it's fine. Okay. Um, I think people think that, like, being positive and coming to a place of gratitude just means that you're in this awesome, unstoppable, positive mood all the time. And I, I disagree, and I want, I want to hear your thoughts on this as well. I think it just means that you can always come back to a place of perspective and go, and it kind of accept the bad days or the bad moods or maybe the lower periods in our life and still come back to a place of gratitude and say, 
this was an awful week or this was an awful day, but here are the things that I'm grateful for. And then you know that there's like a light at the end of the tunnel and you have this hope, right? We're like, next week will be better or tomorrow will be better. It doesn't mean that you're like this, oh, like crazy ball of sunshine all the time. <laughs> right? I mean, or how do you feel about that? No, I totally agree. When I was, when I was stuck in my corporate job uh, for longer than I, than I wanted to, um, there were a lot of days where I would feel myself getting kind of miserable. And there, there were times where a lot of, I had, I had several coworkers who could really easily get sucked into that negative hole. And if I let myself get sucked into that, I just would start to become miserable. And I, I started getting really good, luckily, at seeing when I was getting pulled into that and making sure that I was taking active steps to then avoid that and to do something else. So I would, I would take steps to be more positive. And if somebody would start complaining, I would just interject with something positive about it. I'd be like, oh, well, but there's this, like trying to always look on, on the upside because gratitude cultivates, cultivates an, an attitude, really. It cultivates, yeah. an attitude, especially the more often you do it, the more it's going to happen more easily. And you will just start to look for those things naturally in your everyday life without even thinking twice about it. That's like when, when people will complain about the weather 365 days of the year. Oh. Like if, if it's sunny out, then it's too hot. If, if it's, if it's the middle of winter, it's snowing. If there's no snow, why isn't it snowing? Like, yeah, like we please just get off the weather. <laughs> but that's a theme in those people's lives, right? It like, it's always something victim mindset is a theme, right? It's, it's a lack of gratitude. It's a lack of perspective and it ends up breeding victim mindset. Suddenly the weather's out to get you like, give me a break. And <laughs> you know, I think what's interesting too is, and you just, um, had a podcast about social media and stuff. I think there's a, portion of social media that helps cultivate maybe it's because it's one of the prime ways that we communicate with others now right is social media but I have a lot of people that I need to now that I'm saying this I need to unfollow them on Facebook because Facebook has just turned into for some of these people like a live complaining journal mm, yeah oh if you experience that also um it's usually never anyone who's like using social media, how we do. So like to create a community or talk about our services or anything business related. Right. It's more like, you know, people I went to high school with and actually I take that back. It's a lot of people. I even have some, some clients of mine. And if any of you are listening to this, I'm calling you out on your shit, but it's like, <laughs> it's always something. And again, it's because it's like, if I complain about how awful my morning was, you'll feel bad for me or I'll get attention or whatever. And it's like, how, how is every single morning of your week awful every morning? Yeah. That's always my question too. And what's interesting to me is that I, I have, again, I'm in the same situation where when I see that from certain people, it's, it's never people who have a business online. I'm sure there are people out there who, who do that, who sure. have business, but yeah. not in my world anyway. So in, I see people doing it where it's just personal accounts and stuff. And what's interesting is that they, I see them cultivating their own little community around that, where every time they post something negative, 
They'll get a ton of sympathy comments or questions or whatever. And if they post something positive, it's like people don't even have anything to say because, well, there's no drama there. Why would I bother? And I, I, have, I have friends like this who I have ended up removing from my life because everything was always drama. And, and I, would, I would get stuck thinking, okay, does this person just always have drama? Like for, there would be sometimes years at a time and be like, oh my God, how is this always happening to this person? And finally I started to wake up and I'm like, no, this, this is a choice. This is something that they're choosing and there has to be a common denominator here. And it seems to be this person. <laughs> yes. But multiple times with people where it's, it's that one person where the drama is always circulating around. If you see somebody like that, start to take a close look at that person. Because if there's always something up and they're the common denominator, that isn't usually an accident. So I want to talk about that because, and it's, I have to look at the screen because I'm sorry. I'm like pretending like we're on the phone now because you're, (laughs) but, um, that was me in my business. And so I had a choice again, choice, like always bring it down to choice because then you can't point fingers at anyone because you go, I have a choice and I'm going to make one and I have to make peace with that choice because I am choosing to make this choice. And my business was kicking my ass for a really long time. And I had a choice. I could continue to be the victim of my business and let it kick my ass or I could make major changes. And I was like, you know what? Screw this. I have worked my ass off to build this gym and this community after my expansion. And Everything that could have gone wrong pretty much did. And every facet of my business was awful. And so I pretty much looked at my client base and identified the clients that were sucking the life out of me, the clients that were cultivating the drama in my gym, and I removed them. And literally, like, it's a whole new world. Because just like what you're saying, and I think this, when you run like a community-based large group in-person facility, it's like Facebook, but in real time, right? Like you're going to have the people that want to complain and there's drama and they're gossiping and they're super negative and super victim mindset. And it makes for a really toxic environment because Oh, damn. Okay. Sorry. I think we're good. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. Sorry. But yeah, okay. I don't know what happened. It froze. Okay. No, we're good. <laughs> yes. So, so you were talking about like the, how you were changing over your business, right? Yeah. And so I had to, I had to look and see, like, I don't know what you heard or what you didn't hear. Um, I heard that you like removed some clients and, and stuff like that. Yeah. And it was awesome because kind of like you're saying on Facebook, people comment and give sympathy, but that was happening in real life. So now these people were coming into my gym. Something was always wrong. I don't like this kind of toilet paper. I don't like the color of your walls. It's too hot. It's too cold. This workout's too hard. This workout's too easy. And it was breeding so much negativity. And so again, I had this choice, continue to be a victim to this awful, what I felt to be a truly awful situation or go... Who who's who are the repeat offenders here and remove them? And it's no different than you looking at your friends and saying, gosh, this person's a source of negativity for me. Should I should I stay 
or can I remove them? And it sounds like you and I have made the same decision. It's like, remove them because now we can no longer be a victim to that relationship. I wouldn't otherwise share. So, um, I don't have a relationship with my dad and that is ultimately by choice. But I used to tell people when they would ask about, about my father, um, I would throw blame and I would say that he, he left and he hasn't spoken to me since, which is true, but I, and, and, and I mean, I could go into the dirty details of, there were a couple times where I tried to reach out to him and he was not responsive and stuff like that. And, and yeah, like whatever, that's fine. So I did try a couple of times, but ultimately I came to the decision that he was, and again, this is true, at least, at least from my perspective, maybe with somebody else, he would be different, but he was an incredibly angry person. Uh, I'm not talking abusive or anything like that, just very angry, sort of angry at the world, angry at like things not going his way, all these different things. And he, he always was for years and years, like when we were growing up and he left, oh gosh, like 15 years ago. So it's been a long time. Um, but at some point I made the choice that I was no longer going to even try to reach out to him because I just didn't want to. And when I look back on that, and I still sometimes look back on this once in a while and think if I had tried to maintain or had managed to maintain any semblance of a relationship with him, I don't feel that that would have been in my best interest for my mental health because he's such an angry, negative, energy sucking person that that wasn't what I wanted in my life. And I don't think that I would have turned out the way I have or be where I am if I had maintained that relationship. And I'm so much happier having not maintained that. I'm sure that seems really weird to a lot of people to not <laughs> be happy about not having a, like a father figure, but it's fine. And I am totally comfortable with that decision. And I made the decision to stop playing that victim. And I'm very careful now when people ask me about my father, I will, I, I, I almost feel like my, my first instinct is still to say that story that I had practiced for so long, which was, oh, he left so X, X number of years ago and hasn't talked to me since. Well, boo fucking who? Like, no, I need to take responsibility for that because yes, that was his choice, but I also made that choice. And I have continued to make that choice every day by not continuing to have a relationship with him. And I'm totally happy with it and I'm comfortable with it. And that gives me a lot of relief too, that I don't need to feel like the victim that I don't, I don't want that to be my story. I don't want that to be how people know me. That's, that's not what I want to be known for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think, again, it goes back to the power of choices and acknowledging that, right? Like I'm going to give you a really off topic example. Um, that goes into what you were saying, like, like you stepped into that ownership of like, I'm choosing to not have a relationship with my father, which is, again, it's true. You're not lying, but it's so much more empowering than being like, well, he left me and he doesn't want to talk to me anymore. It's like, no, I, I have a say in this relationship too. Um, no matter what kind of relationship that is, but like, you know, I have some clients that they complain that, their morning routine gets thrown off or they don't have a morning routine or they're not working out in the morning or they're not making breakfast for themselves because they're making breakfast 
and or lunch for their husband. And so they're a victim to their husband's request. And I think a very powerful shift is like, no, I'm just choosing to not make myself a breakfast because I'm choosing to make my husband a lunch, which sounds dumb, but it's, again, it's the power of that choice and taking that responsibility instead of being a victim to choosing to honor someone else's request. So it's, again, it's like the empowered decision or are you a victim to it? Exactly. And just that small shift, a very small shift in your language. That's, that's all it takes. And maybe you, you don't even necessarily believe it yourself yet, but if you start to use that language, there is serious power in language and making those very small shifts in how you speak to others or to yourself can have an incredibly powerful effect on, on the way you start to think about them. So even if you don't feel that way right now, just making that, that choice to switch up the words that you're using can be incredibly powerful. Yeah, I had to do that again with my gym. That's been the newest and the biggest shift that I've been making is, again, I said this at the beginning, like I was a vic- not a victim to anything else really in my life, um, but my my gym. And once I realize, so awareness is the first step, right? Like we have to be able to become aware and figure out like, where am I choosing to be a victim? And I was a victim to my gym and just first becoming aware of that and then switching my language about it to like, wait, I chose to start this gym. Like I chose it. So just again, coming back to that choice goes, Oh, wait, well, if I chose this, then that also implies that I could choose something else, right? Like, I don't know. For me, it's, again, I can choose to be a victim to it or I can choose to be like, wait a minute, how can I shift this to make it feel better? And then I just decided like, oh, wait, stop stop complaining that the gym is a lot of work or really expensive. It's like, you chose to put yourself in this situation, so where's the gratitude instead of, how can I make this the mo- the worst decision that I've ever made? I don't want to feel like I'm a victim to my gym or my business decisions. I want to feel empowered. And so knowing that, again, allows room for that shift in your language, your gratitude, and what you're focusing on, really. Yeah. And, and I love the, the business example because, um, as, as you know, and some of you might be familiar with my previous podcast, Fit and Nourish Mind. There was nothing, I never felt like a victim to that at all because Kate and I had an absolute blast and, and we, we genuinely love our podcast and we like, we're still good friends too. But the one thing that I found like myself getting sucked into was that there were things that I, I had a running Google doc going for months about sort of dreaming about what I would do if I had my own podcast and ideas that I had and, and where I would take things and what I could do in the rest of my business if I had my podcast to sort of use as a cornerstone to build everything else around and stuff like that. I had that conversation with, uh, with, with my, my partner so many times and he's like, why don't you just start your own podcast? Then? And I just kept, I was so resistant to it. And it wasn't that I was playing a victim. It also just genuinely felt kind of scary, but I think a lot of people would argue that whatever situation they're in might just feel really scary too. And taking those steps sort of one at a time, having those hard conversations, sometimes those hard conversations might be a lot easier than you think. In my case, it was because it just happened to work out. Kay was like, oh my God, that's exactly what I want to do. She's like, go do your thing. I got to go do mine. So it worked out perfectly. 
And I realize that that's, you know, very sunshine and rainbows and that's not always going to be the case, but it does mean that you, you need to take those steps to empower yourself and that sometimes ripping off the bandaid and having those conversations with yourself or with somebody else might not be as hard as you're making them up to be in your head too. Right. Yeah. And that's almost, gosh, that could be a whole episode in and of itself about relationships and boundaries and tough conversations we could talk forever i feel about that for sure we'll have um, a relationship episode we we, we have it coming <laughs> i know right yes we'll save that for episode two i guess <laughs> um yeah i don't know i just again like there's just so many ways that we can be a victim and i it doesn't have to be that way and i think what we haven't mentioned yet is that you have to be you have to want there to be change. You have to figure out like what you said, actually, you did say this, how is being a victim serving you? Mm-hmm. Is it serving you? Like what, what feels so good about it? Is it because it's, I think the dis, the discomfort of the known is still more attractive than the comfort, the potential comfort of the unknown. If I said that correctly, like I'm familiar with this shitty environment and so this, I'm going to stay with the, with the familiar shitty environment, then potentially make the scary jump to the unfamiliar, better environment, whether that's in business yeah. or relationships, we'll stick with whatever is familiar. And that can be, sometimes it can be truly awful. It can be a toxic relationship, toxic business partners, our, our toxic relationship with food and exercise, like your food addict. It's like, okay let's work towards no longer being addicted to food. Like what's the deal, right? But being able to identify that you have a food problem or you're, you're, you're binge eating or making horrible food decisions. I, that person knows what that feels like. They know what, what it looks like. They know what it feels like. That's way more comfortable. Let's stay here. But anyone in question has to be like, do I, how is being a victim serving me? Do I want to change? Why do I want to change? And what does that change look like? And I think that in and of itself is a conversation that most people are not having with themselves by and large. Yeah. And I'm glad that you brought up the comfort aspect too, because I think that that's a really, really big part of it because we're so comfortable where we are in that shitty drama filled environment or you know, just, just being in a really negative place. And maybe we've been that way for so long that we don't know what it's like to be happy anymore. So we paint this, this pretty little picture of what our ideal life looks like or what our ideal body looks like or our ideal relationship, any of those things. And we just keep it there on a pedestal. And that's when people almost start to fear achieving that because it, they know that it would take a certain level of discomfort to reach it. And in that case, they're happier in their comfortable bubble of complaining about not having achieved that than they are taking the steps to actually get there. Well, and again, then if they start making those changes and fall short, who can they blame now? It's scary to be like, oh, this is my fault. But once you practice that, once you practice taking responsibility for everything in your life, it is such a powerful feeling. Like, 
because now nothing can be Emily's fault in my life, right? I can't be like, this is Emily's fault. It's like, this is my responsibility. So that means I'm in control now. I can make a change. I can make a difference. I can do whatever instead of, and I'm using you obviously as an example, but I can't put the onus on you anymore. For a lot of people, that's scary because it's like, shit, now I have all of this responsibility that I have to take, which that implies that I have a lot of changes that I could make. What happens if I fall short again? Well, it's like, I think we have to release the judgment of ourselves and just be like, I could have made a better decision. I'm owning that. Great. That paves the way to then make a better decision in the future instead of saying, I went to McDonald's eight times this week and it's not my fault. That doesn't pave the way for a different behavior in the future, I don't think. No. And and removing that judgment, I think, is is really the biggest step to taking the responsibility and and getting more comfortable being uncomfortable. Because otherwise, if we if we don't remove that judgment, then we're just always gonna continue to be harsh on ourselves. Of course we're never gonna take the next step because we're judging ourselves so harshly whether we pass or fail by our own standards that we're never going to, we're never going to make it any farther than where we already are right now, right this second. So it's so important to, to remove that judgment, like you said, and it is incredibly empowering because when you start to take those steps and it might take longer than you want it to as well, it might take some time for it to actually come together the way you want it to, but putting in the time, like me, me quitting my corporate job, I, this has been in the works. I actually thought to myself this morning as I was out gardening and watering my flowers at nine o'clock in the morning when normally I would have already been at work for an hour. I'm like, this is the life I've been dreaming of for probably seven or eight years. And that's it's awesome. Perfect. Like it's far from perfect. And there's, there's all kinds of other things that I, that I am going to have to change about myself and in my business and whatever else to, to get to that next level. But I have to remind myself sometimes, like, this is where I wanted to be years ago. And I'm now here. And even though I'm already thinking about the next thing that I maybe I'm not as thrilled about, I'm like, okay, but but I can do this because I've already done this much. So I can keep going. I can I can keep getting that far. And and that's the thing is that I think people also in some ways I feel as though social media has uh made us feel as though we have the right to have everything right now, right? Sort of the culture we live in, like (laughs) right now, right this second and stuff like shit just takes time sometimes. Like you can't change your body in a week. You just can't. Right. And, and you can't build a business in a week. Like there's, there's so many different, a relationship, none of these things, none of the best things in life happen usually overnight. Because even when you see people who are like an overnight success, there is no such thing as an overnight success. I can guarantee you that that person has probably been busting their ass for five years to make it to the point where people are like, oh my God, where'd she come from? She's an overnight success. And that's just not how it works with entrepreneurship. (laughs) Yeah. Or like you said, with anything and, you know, it's so easy again to just be the victim of our current circumstances. And it's until you go... It, again, back to perspective. Like I know it feels like we're talking in like circles, but it's it's the same the same thing over and over again. You know, I can sit back and I can choose to be a victim of my circumstances, and and I catch myself. It's a work. I I will likely always I will be struggling with this probably for the rest of my life, but I'm aware of it and I catch myself, and so I can talk myself out of it, which I think is really cool because I'm so in tune now. I'm like, oh, I'm doing it again, so I catch myself, but. 
I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, um, because of my, my education and my experience, I could go drive to downtown Chicago right now and get a plush corner office and probably 10, make 10 times my income right now. Like that's not an exact, that's probably low balling what I could go make. And so I catch myself being a victim of my choices and my circumstances. Like, I don't make any money. Like, what have I done? And people are on social media going on all these vacations and they've got, they've got everything that I don't have. Right. That's, I didn't realize I wanted it till I saw it on Instagram. And I'm like, <laughs> you know? And so I'm living, I'm a victim of the, the possibility, which as screwed up as that sounds, you're like, I, I was choosing to be a victim of this possibility this possibility, right? This possibility that I can have a corner office and make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. And I always have to go back to gratitude and go, but wait a minute, I worked 10 minutes from home. I am my own boss. I also was in my garden today, this afternoon. (laughs) It was wonderful. I was trying to work out my tan. Um, I don't know. The list goes on and on. So when you go, but wait a minute, like, how can I not be a victim to this choice? And you have to stop that comparing game. And I'm not, I'm, so I have to stop myself and go, Oh, you're doing the like comparison victim game again, where it's like, why, what, what have I done? Why have I chosen to do this? I mean, when you come back to that gratitude, similar to you of like, Oh my gosh, I have so much work ahead of me. And it's like, well, but stop it. And just, be in your garden and love it. Just like I have to be every time I drive to work 10 minutes, 12 minutes max. I'm like, this is awesome. I work 12 minutes from home. Like it's such a, such a blessing. Not everybody gets to do that. I don't have a boss. Not everybody gets to say that it's, it's awesome. It's really humbling. It's, it's incredibly humbling. And I mean, you and I also um, are very good at talking each other off the ledge. Because if, if we start to slip into that, and even if it's just for a second, both of us are very good usually at catching each, at catching ourselves, but we're also very good at catching each other, and we'll just challenge each other with like a question or something like that. But not everybody has someone like that in their life. So if, if you're kind of starting from scratch on this one, and you don't have anyone else in your life who's going to call you out on your shit, then hopefully something like this podcast will help to at least open your eyes to the possibility of, again, it's a practice. It's not something that happens overnight. And it, it takes some really, again, this is all coming full circle, like some really strong introspe- introspection, <laughs> introspection in order to figure out where you might be falling victim to that falling victim pun intended, because then we need to take a good look at, at what is, going on and the changes that we can make to take responsibility for our own actions ultimately. And I think that's a really important thing to note too, is like our environment is so much stronger than our willpower. So if you're currently in this victim mindset and you need to get out of it, you might need to reevaluate like who's in your environment. And so, yes, I had to do that in my gym. And so that's like a business practice and you did it in your personal life. I'm only with some of your friends and that is, such a powerful thing to do because it's, and I still have people in my personal life that I'll never be able to remove, um, family members mostly that trigger my victim mindset. And that's really challenging. Um, 
and so I have to be really aware of that and I have to be really aware of my energy and my exchange with them because it, it brings me back down. And so having at least one person in your corner that has this up-leveled mindset and this commitment to growth and improvement and not being a victim and being just super fucking responsible for their life. Like you and I, I feel like, I think that's why it works so well when I'm, when I'm freaking out and you're freaking out, we're like, okay, wait, like this is fine. This is going to be fine. And it's not fake. I'm never like telling you it's going to be fine and like blowing sunshine up your ass. It's like, okay, wait, it's like, let's talk this through. It's totally going to be fine. Versus being like, that sucks. Oh my God. That sucks so bad. That's just commiserating. Yeah. That doesn't serve anybody. No. Cause no. think of, think of the difference in the outcome of those conversations. I have left a hundred percent of our conversations feeling so reinvigorated and so positive and so uplifted that, and like almost with an, an action plan, but we're not creating action plans, but I'm like, got it. Like, I know what I need to do this week. And I hope I'm sure that the same is true for you. But if we were just sitting around feeling sorry for one another, what would we have gotten done that week? And I guarantee we wouldn't have talked for three hours because both of us would have, would have just been bored. We've been like, okay, can we get the fuck off the phone? Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> we right. had to talk for 30 minutes last week, and we ended up talking for three hours. I had to, like, charge my phone, I swear to God, twice. <laughs> so that's I'm the thing. I'm so is sorry. No, it was the best. It was the best. That's the thing. And, I mean, if there are also books, too. Like, there's there's always books. If, if people are looking for resources and stuff like that, there's always places to start. Um, I know that you have a, a book club in your group which I accidentally copied for this month and, but we're making the, we're making the most of it. <laughs> and, but I know in my group, we just read, um, actually I've got it right beside me here. Maybe it's you by Lauren Handel Zander. And this is so anti victim mindset and owning your choices and figuring out how to make real change in your life by, by owning your shit essentially and and stop looking to everyone else to fix your problems and to be dramatic with and you need to be able to take that on yourself because that's the only way to make it sustainable just like changing your diet in a sustainable way right like this is the only way to make sustainable life changes that are going to build up over time so that you end up living the life that that you are currently wanting and and it just feels so far out of reach that you hardly even let yourself think about it i need to read that book yes and you need to read that book it's funny that you say that because both of the july book club book is actually about building a tribe which can coincide with everything that we're saying so it's like if you feel like you need to remove some of these negative victim mindset people from your life so that you can also live a super responsible life free of victim mindset maybe go read a tribe called bliss because she's going to help you kind of reconstruct the support system of, of women around you that again, every time you leave a conversation, you're going to feel uplifted and positive and motivated instead of like, Oh, I just bitched for three hours and I got nothing out of that conversation. Like, isn't that draining? Because when, when I've had friends who have been like that, just incredibly drama filled and and usually this sounds awful but I actually like try and avoid hanging out with them as opposed to just being an adult and just flat out saying because this is the other thing nobody ever teaches you how to end a friendship we get taught how to end relationships like romantic relationships 
but nobody ever teaches you how to end a friendship. So, and that's, and that's hard and that's on me because if, if I want to end it, then I need to just say so and, and figure it out. And, and I have basically done that before with people, but, um, that sounds harsh, but sometimes it's just, they're not my people. Yeah. And I just go that up front and then it's not serving them to have me in their life either. If I know that I'm not their person, then I'm not going to be able to show up for them in the right. best possible way either. Right. But there have, oh, I lost my point. What was I saying? <laughs> ending relationships versus ending friendships. Well, yeah, just that there's, right. So that when, when you have like a bitch rest with, with people who are super drama filled and I have been that person. There have been times in my life where I've totally been that person. Nobody leaves that feeling energized. Right. Everyone, like whether you are the one bitching or the one being bitched to, nobody leaves that feeling positive and upbeat and happy and energized. No one, no one wins right. in that, right. that no. conversation. No, nope. And it's funny that you say that because I do this on purpose now, whether I call my mom or my sister or even you, I'll be like, I just need to bitch for a second. And yeah, like I, it's almost like I need to, like, I need to just say this and then I like get it over with or whatever. And then it's like, fine, but it's not, like the whole thing. Cause sometimes you know? we just need to vent and, and I'm, and we are trying to take that away from people. Yes. Sometimes you just need to fucking vent. Yeah. Like I could get that a hundred percent. Totally. Yeah. Right. And like, <laughs> even our last phone conversation was a little bit on the heavier side for me. And, but I was like, I needed your advice. I needed you to ask me questions that were tougher and Gosh, I don't even know the word. So they made me really dig deep. Um, but it would have been different if I would have called just a bitch because I wouldn't have been looking for advice or a solution. I would have just been like, just listen to me, complain, and then I don't want to hear it. And I don't think I would have felt, I would have felt very different if that were the case versus being like, I need you to talk me through this. Like, I really just, I need advice. I don't know what to do. Um, which is different than just venting, I think. Well, and this is the thing too, is that we, we don't want, we don't want people just going out there and, and I have to be careful about this too, that you can, you can question people to, to a point, but we all need to recognize that there will be certain people in our lives who are not ready to hear it. They're not, they're not ready for that. They're not ready to receive it. And in that instance, it may go against you to push too hard. So you need to kind of test the waters with certain people too, because sometimes people need a challenge and some people will, will really need to hear something like this to sort of snap them out of it, wake them up to a new way of thinking. But not everyone is there yet. Not everybody's ready. And some people have more work to do before they're going to be ready to receive that from you. And I, that's a really good point because I've made that mistake plenty of times. Um, me too. Like, especially with my sister, um, you know, she might've reached out to me and she just needed someone to listen so that she would feel supported or acknowledged. And I chime in with like, here's all this mindset work you can do. And she was like, not ready to receive that. And so that can be very, um, a little too polarizing at that time. And so now I make sure, and I have to, I have to really make sure I have to be, stay very conscious. I make sure that I'm saying, I'll ask her, for example, 
do you want my advice on this? Do you, do you want to talk through this? Like, how can I, how can I support you? What do you need from me? Um, and usually when she's calmed down or whatever, like she's ready to hear my shtick, <laughs> she'll, you know, she'll say like, all right, like, tell me what, you know, help me through this. But sometimes, you know, our, our friends or our family or our loved ones come to us and they just want, they're not in a place. They just need to vent. And so we have, I kind of like you said, like, I just keep my mouth closed and I listen. Um, cause I've done the reverse and it can be really bad. Like you said, if they're not in a good place to receive advice. Yeah, I've definitely done that too. And I do something very similar. I'll, I, I've gotten to a point where I'll just ask people like, you know, are, are you, my, my, my business coach will always ask us that, are you open to coaching on this? <laughs> so I say this I'll say something clients. somewhat similar. Yeah. Like not, not coaching, but I'll be like, you know, are you open to advice on this? Do you want advice or do you want to just talk about this? Yeah. You know, sometimes you have to, there's no other way necessarily to, to gauge it without just asking directly. And I am a very direct person. And I think that I've often found fault in myself with that, but I think that it serves me more than it doesn't like and yeah. that it serves other people when I'm super direct more than it doesn't because it it's more helpful than beating around the bush. Like totally. And there, I mean, I realize that's very direct of me to say, but <laughs> totally. And I even, I preface some of my podcast episodes and say, this is an episode you're going to have to be in a mental space to receive coaching for this one. And if you're not in a place to receive coaching right now, skip this episode. Like you're just going to get pissed off. So don't listen to this I one. Love. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's really wise because yeah, there are some people where it's, it's too much for them and they're not ready for it. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. It just right. means that, you know, that we need to make sure that we aren't, triggering someone by total accident when that that's what we're trying to avoid doing right totally yeah this is so good I love you <laughs> I love you but you don't want to know what you're you've been frozen again for the past you unfroze for like a second and you're frozen I wish I could see it's, you. it's okay it's okay I'll see your beautiful face again soon I can see your beautiful face so you can and you already know what I look like so it's fine <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. This was so, this was so wonderful. I just feel like we probably just scratched the surface on victim mindset. I agree. There's so many different directions we could take with it. Maybe we just need to be on video and then this is, this is what helps us to get into our group. But when we talk on the phone, we're not on video and we talk for like hours. So I don't understand what our problem is. <laughs> we'll get it together. I think third time's a charm maybe, but we did okay this time, but usually even our connection problem. Like, why was I upside down? I know that was bizarre. Yeah. Like we, and every time we call, we have some sort of audio issue. Every time we every call time. each other, we have to like recall or yeah, there's always something. Every time. <laughs> I know I don't get it, but whatever. We made it work. This was, I think exactly. we did a good job. I'll give it to us. I think so too. Well, we, we also will, we will be doing more of these for anyone who's interested. Um, even if you're not interested there, we're going to force them upon you because they're happening anyway. So <laughs> So I'm really excited. So we're going to make this sort of like an ongoing series. It's not going to be like part one of two. It's just going to be like a part one and then part two, part three. Yeah. We're just going to keep going with it as an ongoing series because uh, we always have a lot to say. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. This was wonderful. Thank you for coming on. I'm so excited that you came. It was so much fun. <laughs> of course. It was so much fun. Thank you, Emily. All right. Take care, girl. All right. Have a good day. Bye.
Thanks so much for listening to the Room to Grow podcast today. All show notes and references can be found over at roomtogrowpodcast.com. And can you do me one huge favor before you go though? If you can take a, take a screenshot of this episode and tag me on social media, I would absolutely love to see who's listening and get to connect with you and thank you. And if you could leave a review on iTunes, that would go a long way and make such a huge difference. It really helps to get the word out there, get more amazing guests on the show and helps to get all of this information out to the world. Looking forward to growing with you. Thank you.